Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, archivist. I'm sorry, was that loud? Nope. Perfect. Noise warning. (laughs) I talk loud. If you haven't learned that by now, I'm sorry. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I get it from you. (laughs) And I cut out the parts when I say, Hannah, and you look at me and I say, why are you so loud? You make a lot of faces. I wish yeah. people, could, I wish everyone could <laughs> see the faces that we make. Like l- yesterday, I rolled my eyes and we mm. couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. There's a lot of faces. Yeah. Father or daughter. Okay. So today, this is week four of our United Data Connect and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers collaboration. Mm-hmm. So this is week four. We're talking about Tangy Sims. Right? Not week collaboration four? with us. Right, right. They're collaborating together. On, sorry. on five cases. Yes. So do you want to give a little rundown on it? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Rude. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. On uh, UDC? Yeah. Right. So United Data Connect, They, uh, the, the person, the co-founder is the former DA. Mitch Morrissey. Yeah. It, Morrissey, the former DA in what part Denver. of Col- Denver, Colorado? And he... Left that and he opened up United Data Connect. They're a genealogy, essentially a genealogy company. Well, they partnered up with the nonprofit Metro Denver Crime Stoppers and said, "Hey, let's let's do five cases. Let's pick five cases." And they and the Crime Stoppers put up about twenty thousand dollars to get to get going. And they went out and they looked at the cases. They coordinated with the police departments. And they did the genealogy, the DNA, and they they tracked down the profile of of the potential subject, and they got the DNA and presented it to the police departments, and and the police departments uh, took that lead information and and have been solving the cases. Yep. So that's and, where we're at. Right. We talked about Sylvia Quayle. We talked about Jeannie Moore. Yeah, uh, Jeannie Moore, Helene Prasinski. And today we're going to be talking about Tangy Sims. Mm-hmm. There is uh, a little bit of less information on Tangy Sims. We are in again Colorado. We're in Aurora, Colorado, 1996. So this is actually not as cold as the last three that we've talked about. They took place in 1981 and 1980. We are in 1996 today. Oh, okay. Aurora, Colorado. There's an Air Force base there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is Denver, right? We're still in Denver, yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's, I said last week. It used week. to not be, but right. it's connected. And Aurora's big. It was one of the fastest-growing uh, communities out there. In fact, the base closed down. What is it called? Buckley? It had closed mm-hmm. down in the 90s, and then it opened back up. Oh, so interesting. It, it, so, and the population started building back up again there. So, yeah. It's a suburb, but it, it it's like it's really That's what mom said. Yeah, now it's a big suburb, right? Yeah. For those of you who didn't know, Dad used to be in the Air Force, so he knows all the Air Force bases. Well, hopefully the <laughs> listeners know that uh, we talked about that at the beginning. Yeah, but for people who are just now jumping oh, just in, oh, jumping in, yeah, and we're okay with you jumping in halfway through because we got better. 
<laughs> as time went on and we recorded differently than the very first episode so yeah we've gotten some feedback we changed the introduction <laughs> yeah we didn't know yeah. that until just recently that the introduction was still recorded on stereo a new uh friend yeah. reached out to me and told me yeah right so if you're using the earbuds or the or the headphone the which pods, she was yeah you you'll get screamed at by hannah in one <laughs> ear and then screamed at by me in the other ear and it's just not it's not fun so we went back to mono which people the podcast know that so yeah. uh yeah so we just changed that we didn't one know of, one of my closest friends was not w- like would refuse to listen to us because yeah. of <laughs> but i thought it was just her headphones so anyway right. uh, going off on a tangent tangy sims <laughs> so we are on in aurora colorado 1996 now tangy sims had actually originally grown up in chattanooga tennessee where she was born on august 21st 1971 but then eventually moved to Denver. It is unclear why she moved to Denver, but it's a big city. She came from a small town, so a lot of people like to make that move. Yeah, I'm I mean, it, it, it was growing. It was growing, so. Yeah, and she was working. She worked People at like skiing, too. Like, that's a lot oh of snow. Yeah. Like, a lot of people go to Colorado because they're snowboarders, they're mm-hmm. skiers. Or, you know, they work the lodges and... and or That's the, or, right, I forgot about they work, that. They get summertime jobs and then spend all, all winter snowboard and that kind of thing. That's a weird... It's a weird state. It's weird weather. I love it out there. On October 23rd, 1996, Tangie Sims had last been seen walking towards a semi-tractor, uh, which it was just a sleeper cab without a trailer attached. At East Colifax Avenue and Juliet Street. Yeah, we know, we know that. I know that's that. Oh, Mom knows what oh, that's at too. Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. So mm-hmm. I don't. It's uh, it was an unclear why the tractor, like the semi tractor, was just there. It was just a sleeper cab, no trailer attached to it. So I'm assuming it was like in between pickup and drop off. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And she. Goes missing essentially. It, no one really hears from her, but I guess this isn't no, this isn't out of the ordinary, so no one's really like concerned. However, October twenty fourth, the next morning, a woman is walking her kids to school, and actually found Tangie's body in the back in a back alley of Iola Street, Lola Street, Iola Street, mm, okay. and then contacted the police. Um, she had been found in the alley at 8 a.m. and she had been stabbed and sexually assaulted. Evidence at the crime scene showed that her killer had cut himself and actually left behind his own blood. Oh, we yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And this is 1996. So DNA is a thing, right? Yes. Can I back up and ask a question? Mm hmm. Was she living with somebody? Did she have a roommate? We don't have any information about her. She was just kind of on her own, right? I don't have any. I tried very hard Mm -hmm. to get a lot of information on her. There's like none. I went to all through all the archives. No pun intended. I went through all (laughs) the archives of like the Denver Post. I went through the, you know, the police department's websites. Mm -hmm. Could not find anything other than like her birthday and where she was had been born in in Tennessee and just like the snippets of the crime. She's just not quite a loner, but probably a loner. 
it kind of like w- with the lack of information. I mean, this is 1996. So I wasn't expecting to not have as much information as like we did last week with mm-hmm. Helene. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's interesting. Okay. And they found her body. She was stabbed. Sex assaulted. So they collected all kind. What what was her condition? It was clothes around. What what else did they say? What they had for evidence other than? Th- so they jumped right to the blood part, right? Yeah, that's obviously they, they found focus on the blood. Obviously, they they collected blood samples, right? A blood sample over here, over here, like the arm, the leg, wherever. They're separate, so even though they could all be from the same person, they test them all, and one of them, at least one of them, hit on somebody else. Right to make so, sure the blood wasn't hers. Yeah, so so they they had a DNA profile right away then? That's what yeah, basically. And they said they knew from the beginning that this was this case was going to rely on the blood that was left. So it sounds like they didn't really have much of anything at all. Yeah. But that they they knew that they right, What about the rely. witness though? What, there was a witness. Yeah, she so she'd been walking her kids to school. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the witness that had seen her g- go near the semi truck? It doesn't. There was uh, quite a few witnesses. Yeah, but that's that's all it said was that she was just seen. Like they like when this came out, they said, "Yeah, we saw her walking." Oh, towards they were canvassing and that kind of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So multiple people said, "Oh no, we recognize her. We saw her work walking towards that truck." Was the truck still there? Th- this was uh, on a different street. Right. So no, I don't uh, okay. know. I don't right. believe the but truck did, was there. No. Did they give a description of that truck? It just said that it was the only description that they gave was a semi tractor, which was a sleeper cab. It was a sleeper cab without a trailer attached. Okay. That's the only All description right, so that they had. We have a DNA profile to whom? Did they say? They don't know. There's in '96. Yeah, they. Yeah, I suppose in '96 they just they just know that it's someone else's blood. Yep. Okay. All right. Good. All right. So they decide to reach out to the newspapers and TV reporters to publicize uh, the murder. Because also at this point, they don't know who she is. They ha- they haven't identified her. Oh, they haven't identified her yeah. either. They haven't identified her. So they got Jane Doe, essentially, uh, initially. Yep. And and keep in mind, since UDC is involved m- with this, the previous case they reached out. Was it the previous case they reached out to the media too? Yeah. So that seemed to help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of this, they were able to identify her as Tangie Sims. That's all it says. Because of what? Because, because of, the of media? them, re- yeah, reaching out to the media, they're able to uh, identify her. It doesn't. It was not specific on how who identified her, but they said because of reaching out to the newspapers and TV reporters, they are able to identify her. At least one person, one person knew, or something. Or yeah, it could have been a family member uh, back in Tennessee. That's true too. I feel like they would have said that though mm, in yeah. the, in my research. They would have said that if it was a family member. I didn't get that like vibe as I was reading. You know, you can tell like kind of what the person is trying to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that it was a family member. If that makes sense, right? In my reading it. Now the Denver Post and this I'm quoting the Denver Post says, after a lengthy, thorough investigation. Aurora detectives were not able to identify a suspect and Sims case went cold. Mm-hmm. So it says that they had a lengthy and thorough investigation. So I'm assuming that means, what do you think that they talked to people? What, like what's a thorough it, investigation? Every time a lead came in, they tracked it down, no matter what it was. Thorough no and lengthy. Great, right, right. 
So, hey, I remember she used to hang out with this guy, and he's a, not such a good guy. They go track down that guy, and they look into him, maybe even talk to him, that kind of stuff. They, 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 when you have a cold case like this, you're going you're gonna to take every lead, and you're going to run it to the ground big time. Aurora police detectives Steve Connor and Michael Prince eventually start working the case, and they begin to follow leads. They're going to – what I was reading, they, like, they track down leads out of state. <laughs> they, they were, like, dedicated. Mm-hmm. And once again, we have Joan Hanlon with United Data Connect. So if you remember, she's the genealogist yeah. from last week's case, yeah. uh, Helene Prisinski. So she's going to work with these two detectives, Steve and Michael, mm-hmm. because they have that – DNA profile. Steve Connor and Michael Prince. Yes. They have this DNA profile, right, from mm-hmm. 1996, from the blood that was left at the scene. So they are going to, with the help of Joan, put that through Jed Match and the family tree DNA. Yeah. Again, 2019, yeah. This, this this is quite normal now. Right. Maybe not as normal, but yeah, it, it's becoming a thing. Yeah, it's it's becoming. And when you look thing. at this, when cold case detectives look at this case, they pull it out of the box and they say, "Holy crap, we have actually blood sample from from the bad guy left at the scene. This Yet, this is ripe for DNA." This was probably, I'm assuming, one of the better DNA samples they have, wouldn't you think? From like all of the cases we've talked yes, about, yes, because they have the bad guy's blood, like uh, the actual well, blood. Well, they have blood of somebody else. Now I'm wondering. In '96, if they knew that it was a a male blood, uh, they probably knew. Oh, because they, they can do that. They yeah, they probably knew that. that. Yeah. Remember, there's different yeah, stages yeah, yeah. of advancements of of DNA. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, exactly. They say, "Well, holy crap, we have some blood," and this is not uncommon in a in a a brutal murder like a stabbing. Right. Bad guys cut themselves all the time. Right. Yeah. But how? So, but then they're gonna have to make sure that they for sure know because she was in an alleyway. You know, the argument could be made that, right, that there's there could be blood from anyone. Somebody maybe tried to help her yeah. or or somebody was robbing her after she was dead and, right. and they cut themselves. Yeah, this is but it's, it's also just a dark alley. Anyone's blood could be down there, right? No, so they, they found no. They found blood like near her like on her or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, I, for them to be able to say that yeah, it, was it was from the murder. Was, yeah, yeah, it was on her. Like it was interesting. Yeah, but it was it but wasn't mixed in with her blood. It right. may have been mixed in, but there was different sections. Like they a, said, they immediately could tell yeah, that yeah. it was the, from the killer. It could be the way that it dropped too. You know, the blood spatter analysis. The, you know, they, oh, they can tell. Is there a whole person? Her blood. There? Right. So if he's on, she was on her. You know, because he was stabbing her in the back. Right. So he's going like this, right? So his blood's going to go downward, going to cast off downward. Hers is going to kind of spurt upward like this. So it's possible. Oh. You, th- I mean, that it, it's possible that they have that type of photo and everything, and then said, "Okay, well, did you swab that one? Because that's from somebody else." They can they can do that. That's cool. Yeah, blood that's spatter not analysis. Just a TV drama thing. No, blood spatter analysis can can do that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's how do you like. Do you have to get a degree for that? What is that? Yeah, it's it's a, well, you you have a specialty in forensic science, but as in blood, in blood spatter analysis. That's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. 
We can. I can show you. We can take some. You, I remember you've done, you've done that before. Yeah, we can take some like paint or something. I can show you how it how it works. All right. Yeah. So they got a good. They're like, oh my god, we get we have a blood thing. Let's 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 send it in. Yep. Uh, and they do, and they are able to. Uh, two detectives go there. They're able to basically help identify family of the murderer. Uh, and the two detectives go all over the place to, like, again, different states to track down all these different family members until they found someone who was willing to donate DNA for comparison. So it sounds like they weren't trying to do it secretively or secretly like in the other case, like last week, how they were tracking down leads, but they were getting the DNA secretly. Do you know why? Why? Because the guy died. Well, yeah, but we don't know that at this point. They don't know that. This is 2019. They have the family, though. They haven't gotten to him yet. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, yep. And you're getting... I you're haven't right. told everyone that yet. You're right. Uh, you're right. Okay. Sorry. I got ahead. <laughs> I did what I do. I did what I do. I, I, I got ahead. How many episodes... I'm trying to peel until, the onion back for everybody. How many episodes until uh, you don't jump ahead of something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. Oops. Okay. It's so, almost as so, if I type this in like a so chronological they, so way. So they, they send it in in 2019 and they, and the lab told them who it was now? No, they find the family, the family tree and they're okay, working the down their tree. way. Yeah. He's yeah. obviously going to be on the family somewhere. Mm. But so they're starting, you know, they work backwards. They yeah. work with all the family. Uh, but th- again, they went and tried to get it willingly instead of secretly. I don't understand why. Why wouldn't they have his DNA? Why wouldn't they know who his? Oh, because it's not in CODIS and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so they are yeah. able to find. Oh, hold on. Back. You asked me a question. I cut you off. Let me finish. Let mm-hmm. me ask that. <laughs> oh man. What was your question? What did you say? What? Even, what? Oh, this time they they decided to just not secretly go get it just right because last week they had leads but they secret they they tracked yeah. all those down and, and we talked about this before it's it's a decision right an operational decision that's made and they decided that it was low risk and they'll flesh the the person out so let's just go ask let's just start going ask be asking people you know because they probably don't have any background that anybody's a, a sex criminal or anything like that yeah it doesn't seem like I mean, spoiler, yeah, he doesn't really have a, a history Yeah, okay. Uh, that we know of. I'll get there. You're jumping ahead again. Mm. But, yeah, so they find the family members that are I'm actually not jumping ahead on that one. I'm, I'm the no, investigator in this podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the investigator in this podcast, and I'm trying to fi- figure it out. So and y- Okay, you All got right? there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the So they get the, uh, the donated DNA to compare, and they come back with a Wesley Backman. Who did they get it from? Do you know? It doesn't say. Okay. It just says from. Remember, yeah. that's privacy. Yeah. That's they're very. That's very yep. strict in this. Especially coming from like the family of the murderer, I don't know that I would want that. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want people yeah. to know that my family member was a murderer. Exactly, and it could be an offspring. Yeah. So Wesley Backman is identified as being the killer by one of his family mm-hmm. members. And he had actually already died in 2008 at the age of 53. Of course, they look into his background and find that he had been an over-the-road trucker. Uh, truck. Oh, not being Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. At the time of her murder, uh, makes sense because she was last seen walking towards the semi-truck, yeah, the yep. sleeper. Mm-hmm. And he had, in fact, lived in Aurora. He had lived in many places across the country, but mm-hmm. he had lived in Aurora, and it seems like at around the same time. 
So he's identified. And it like these cases, this is, I found more information on him than I could on Tangi. And it's just so sad because like genetic genealogy is such a cool thing, right? But now it's like it's putting these people away who have possibly already passed away and they have a bunch of like good information about them on the Internet because no one knew that they were murderers. Mm. And he was 41 years old when he allegedly killed her because 96. Yeah, I just did the 2008. Math. He was yeah. 53. Yeah, For, 41. Typically. All of these offenders have been in their 20s. Yeah. 1920. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. he, I think he is like the oldest that we have. Yeah. But it's just it's sad because I was I literally could not find any information on her. But then he had like a ton of great information. And I was like, why? Uh, I don't want to read all this good stuff about mm-hmm. him. So it was it just it made me sad. Yeah. Now, detective, he's a truck driver who killed at least one person. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible he's killed other people? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, anytime somebody killed one person. It's always possible that At they've 40 killed. What years old? Forty-one. Mm. It's always possible that they that they killed another person, and you kind of have to look into that though. Their background, their lifestyle, that kind of thing. Their history. He has a history, so he has a criminal background, a history, or no? No, not that we know. Not no, this not is that we the know. first. Yeah. yeah not so, that we know so the likelihood is He's no. A truck driver. Yeah, the likelihood. As we were unraveling this case, my thought was it was a crown of opportunity, right? She was walking by the the truck, and he saw her, and he started talking to her, and and then it just escalated. I ask this because currently Steve Connor and Michael Prince are working with law enforcement across the country to see if they can connect him to any other murders or crimes. That's an easy thing because of DNA right now. Yeah, yeah, because he's a trucker. You know who I'm thinking about? Who? The one case that we did. I'm so terrible for not remembering her name. We'll have to plug it in at the end where she... That case is unsolved. Go look at it real quick. Which, which From one? school. She was on her way back to school from visiting her family. And she oh, was not. Um, yeah. I'm like, let's let's match that DNA up real quick. She left with her brother. Mm-hmm. Look it up real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. I should no, have no, looked it up already. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. So they. Uh, you, can, you continue. Here. They're currently working with law enforcement across the country. Yeah. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. The likelihood. Because he was based, 41. Yeah, based on what you told me, I'm not really, uh, I don't know, I'm not really sure. Although he stabbed her and raped her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she probably fought. It, it seems like all these girls fought, mm-hmm. right? But because of DNA, because of his lifestyle, a trucker, I think it's easy to, to find out where what states he's he's been to. Yeah. And... And yeah, I mean, you could even you could even analyze where he has stopped and spent the night at truck stops, right? Based on his his routes, and because a lot of times, because a lot because a lot of times you have the same route. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to go to those counties and just say, "Hey, we got a guy trucker. You, you know, here's the DNA, that that type of thing." You know? Yeah, I was I was like not shocked when I read that he was a truck driver. I was like, okay. But I think it's cool that they're they're trying. They're they're like, okay, we've solved this one. It's unfortunate he's already dead. We can't, you know, he can't, he's not going to be able to serve time or pay for his crimes. But let's see if we can put some other cases to rest. Mm. I think that's some good police work, good detective work, is continuing with it. Because they could easily say, okay, this one's closed. Let's yeah. move on to something else that's in our state, in our jurisdiction. They're reaching out 
on their own to other law enforcement yeah, across I, the country. I feel like so anytime, maybe they already have his route, and yeah. that's why it says across the country. Yeah, I feel like anytime they solve one of these cases through genealogy, I I feel like you know they have the DNA and everything. I feel like they can just do quick messages on the wire to the to all the police departments. Um, so so that's what I'd be doing if I was a cold case. I'd be figuring Especially, out yeah. I'd be figuring out who's solving cold cases and and see if we can attach them. Especially but, if it involves people like truckers. Right, right. So that's the thing. You have to have a case that, yeah. that lends to that, right? Yeah. Like military members, truckers, people who travel a lot. Um, is it who killed... See, I can't find... Now I'm not really sure. Tammy Zawicki? Yes. Yes, unsolved. Yeah, she left Evanston, Illinois for Grinnell College about five yeah yeah it's tammy zawicki Ta- okay tammy zawicki she is the unsolved july 31st that was our episode yes okay so that's th- that was my first thought when i read that i was yeah. like let's have them call that police department yeah. <laughs> all right well that's good so they're they might be solving he if he was involved in uh, so what they're saying is hey here do any of you police departments have an unsolved case where you have a unknown truck driver Mm, yeah as the subject because here here's the here's a dna to our truck driver who killed somebody that's what's going on that's nice yeah so maybe we'll have so i'll keep an eye out for that i mean the hope is that he did not continue to commit murder Mm -hmm. however you know it would be nice that we have someone to maybe solve other cases it's like a weird double-edged sword is that the right saying yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know we would, would hope that he did not continue to commit murder but Mm-hmm. Also, like, it would be nice to get some more cases solved. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good. So that is all I have for this one. Yeah, we yeah, might not really otherwise have featured this case on its own because of the lack of information, mm-hmm. but it's in it's in this series of, of cases. So Yeah, it still has to do with genetic genealogy. It's yeah. We're highlighting this like mm-hmm. the uh, what they call specifically Mitch Morrissey and Mike Mills calls the pilot program. Pilot program, <laughs> right, right. Of cold cases that yeah. them just trying to solve yeah. genealogy cases. Because again, you mentioned the United Data Connect is only a few years old. What, 2017? 17, yeah. So this is two years into their gig. That they started all these cases. They, right. And initiative. it seems like all, all of them got finished within that first, you know, 2019, mm-hmm. 20 which is pretty awesome. So, yeah. If you guys are enjoying listening to us, please give us a rate and review on Apple Podcast. Uh, also on Spotify and Anchor, you can give us a rate and review too. We like to hear your feedback. You can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And, yeah, I think that's it. Do you have anything else? No. Nope. Later. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.